Welcome back to Screenfish Radio. I am so glad you could join us today as we were talking about WB's latest drama, Air, starring Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. And as one of the more recent examples of a sports movie, I got two of my sports experts and dear friends of mine. <laughs> oh, hey, hold on now. <laughs> I don't know if we're experts. Hey, I don't know if him, I'm an expert. How about that? Hey, hey let them cook. Yeah. <laughs> keep going. Yeah, keep, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Um, two of the it. greatest sports minds <laughs> that have never been signed right. by an NBA franchise. <laughs> Absolutely. It sounds like we should start a podcast, John. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Avak and Jahan, welcome, gents. I'm glad we could talk. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Anytime. Uh, for those of you who are unaware, Air tells the true story of Sonny Vaccaro and Nike as they pursue basketball rookie Michael Jordan creating a partnership that revolutionizes the world of sports and contemporary culture. As always, this podcast is rated S for spoilers. But gentlemen, oh, what do you think of the air up there? Well, not the air up there. That's another film. I was going to say, I, I saw that movie in the 90s. It's not uh, probably the one we're reviewing. Although both favorite. basketball movies. I think that was a basketball film. It was. Wasn't it? Yep. It's uh, the origins of Takemi Mutombo or something. That was uh, yes. Oh, interesting. I don't think it I actually that. wasn't. I, I don't don't quote me on that. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, what did you think? Uh, honestly, I thought it was it was pretty good overall. Um, like it was. Uh, I, I think it was. I don't know. I, I guess my expectations were pretty neutral going in. Like I I was familiar with the story. Um, and then, uh, but it was like a. It was just a really tight movie i thought like in the sense of like i mean affleck uh you know, he's i mean he's a good director right like it's it's at this point in time like he's like he's proven himself in a sense and so it was nice seeing like it's been a while since i'd just seen a good well put together movie and that was kind of like uh what i came out of it feeling like yeah that's fair i mean i found it was uh you know when ben affleck and matt damon get together it's typically good stuff that happens for the most part um I mean, you know, I, I can't think of a bad movie off the top of my head they made really yet. Um, I did just watch Good Will Hunting together? a couple weeks ago. Huh? How many have they made together? A, a bunch. Like, officially, I, though, movies, like, not just ones they've cameoed in. Like, I know that they've done that well, with, like... Uh... So you got Good Will Hunting. This one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, all I got. There was, was like, no, there was that one they just did. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't think there's that many. With, yeah. um, with Adam Driver. There was one they just did with Adam Driver. Um, but they're re this is kind of more recent thing, though, right? Like, they are they're they got that – is this studio – not studio, like, production company? Like, they're doing more stuff together now intentionally, yeah. I think. Okay, okay, um, okay. The internet hasn't failed me. They've done nine movies together. Yeah, but, like, together together or, like, they were in – you know, like like this – yeah. Well, they were uncredited. If you want to go that far, go back to sports movies. This wasn't the first sports movie they were in together. What was the other one? They were uncredited extras in Field of Dreams. See, now I don't know <laughs> this stuff. Like, yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. Is, that's like it is. going yeah. out to lunch together. Like, I mean, so... <laughs> Steve, what were your thoughts? No, I like what you said there, Jahan. I'll be honest, because I think it is a, just a tight little film. Affleck has really come into his own as a director and I used to hate him as an actor. Like I I was say, I think I don't know whether I said this to Paul or not after the film but 
Affleck was the guy that they were trying to make cool. Mm. And Damon was the guy who was. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for in that in the earlier days, in the late nineties, early aughts, right? Like right. Damon Damon's doing born stuff and it seems like everything Damon's doing is like a hit. And Affleck is doing Daredevil and the the oh the uh Sheely. He did do Sheely. <laughs> um, no, but there was that's the one where he made him Jack Ryan. He was Jack Ryan. Right, right. And it just wasn't like but but when he stepped behind the camera, I think it was Gone Baby Gone, mm-hmm. everything seemed to click. And then the accountant as well. Did I don't know if that was the one you're referring to or not. Did he direct the accountant? No, no, he was in the accountant. Like he was the accountant. I don't know if that was the reference you're looking for. No, no, no. I was thinking of no. It was the one where he was Jack Ryan because I remember it was right mm-hmm. after Harrison Ford, and then they brought in J- Ben Affleck because they wanted to go with a younger Jack Ryan. Mm-hmm. I think I forget what it was called. Um, no, Clear and Present Danger was still Harrison Ford, but it was that yeah. forgettable. I was like, this, this is not entertaining. But Affleck now seems much more comfortable um, than I've seen him. Yeah, like I, I think. Um... An example, like just right from the start, like with um, I don't know if it's Vaccaro or Vaccaro, but with the like Matt Damon, the main character, like those opening, like there's just opening couple shots where he's like he's in Vegas and then he's and then he like lays down, um, like the bets. Like it was just a couple scenes and there wasn't much like dialogue, but it, it like, you know, it was very economical. But immediately you sort of okay, this this character like he's. He's, a, he's kind of a gambler and he, he hits but he also loses and he's like maybe he's a bit impulsive and then you find out okay he stops there on his like uh like on his trips he kind of routes through vegas so like in just like a few short scenes you kind of get this this vibe of of who the care who this you know person is and it kind of even you see that carry through obviously in the movie where he's like both diligent but he's also kind of impulsive and he's also like uh intense you know and mm-hmm. so and that's his whereas it's like i don't know sometimes like but yeah, like movies, it'll be like an extra, they'll be 20 minutes longer because there'll be like all these scenes uh, to just beat the audience over the head that this character is like this. Whereas, I don't know, he's I, maybe, maybe to your point, like he's comfortable, like Affleck as a director. So he, he sort of trusts the audience to, you know, notice these things and kind of put two and two together and, and, and then go along on the journey with him in a sense, right? You know, though, even on screen, like with him playing Phil Knight here, he did I didn't feel like he was trying to force anything like in even like in the last few years when I've seen him on screen I didn't feel like he was trying to force anything in particular he's just trying he was just doing his thing and it's working Mm -hmm. like I'm watching and I'm like I'm really enjoying him in this the one thing I would say about this film is it is really obsessed with the 80s (laughs) (laughs) that was that was fun though yeah that was kind of fun though I thought right like I don't know is that that it put you right in that in that mind frame I don't know it was like in that like I I enjoyed that like it was like uh you, you I don't know you, you sort of felt embodied in that era a little bit uh with all the references and all the over the top like all the music the style everything like I said I took you along on that that journey it maybe just bothered me that I remembered everything that was in oh. my <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I think, uh, thankfully, Jahan and I are a little on the younger side of that for the 80s, right. at least. So, I thankfully, I didn't have to remember enough of that. 
but I felt Affleck was playing a lot of himself in the in the movie. I don't think he played Phil Knight. I think it was this is Affleck basically playing himself with a little bit of yoga, as as how I would put it, right? Like he was very, you know, I'm just going to play myself. I'm going to be a little bit more eccentric, and I run now, right? And that's, but no, really, like that's that's how I perceived it, really. You know, like I'm, I'm go ahead. Oh no, go, no fish with that. Yeah. That's basically where I'm at. That's why I was hopeful. I was glad you jumped in. Oh, I was just kind of curious if, um, because uh, I've heard Phil Knight is, I, I've never read, uh, is it Shoe Dog or his memoir is supposed to be, hmm. supposed to be really, really good read. But um, I've heard like, isn't he supposed to be kind of eccentric a little bit like that, like Phil Knight? Like I, I'm not sure. Like I'm not sure how much was embellished or, or not uh, in that regard. But um, uh, yeah, I, th- I think there's some of those. Some of that. Some of that was not just like I think. Some of that was, I think, like staying true to who Phil Knight's supposed to be, or or is, I guess. He's still alive. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. It still felt like it was Affleck playing Affleck with with a little bit of Phil Knight just kind of sprinkled in there, where, where Matt Damon's character felt like he was playing Vicario, if that makes any sense. Like it wasn't. I didn't see much of Matt Damon in that role, and that's a good thing. I think he he kind of embodied the individual that he needed to that he needed to embody at the time. Whereas again, I think Chris Tucker was playing Chris Tucker in the suit of an executive. You know what I mean? Like it was a lot of true Chris Tuckerisms in the movie as well, I found. But maybe you just can't get away from that with Chris Tucker in general. I don't know. I just keep seeing Friday every time I see Chris Tucker anyways. Well Damon, I feel like the only thing as Vicar because like Vicaro is like um like notorious it was like like super like just kind of schlubby kind of guy mm-hmm. and yeah. they sort they, they did sort of um you know try to have some scenes that, that show like that but in the end there's only so much you can cover up as far as like you know it's a hollywood a-lister or <laughs> whatever right so it's like uh so in that in that sense uh uh yeah I, I mean but but then to your point like he's still like the the care like the damon did a great job as a vicaro um yeah at least from from what uh, you read about the guy, if he if he's not too old, I mean, I think it would have been a great cast to get uh, Wayne Elliott Knight, the guy who played Newman from Seinfeld, for that role. Right. Yeah. No. Th- that's that's exactly like the the vibe that yeah. Vicaro was supposed to have been like in you know back then. Yeah. Or you want to go newer? You get like a Zach Galifianakis type, right? I thought it would have been oh, a really good fit too. I don't know if Galifianakis could have. I mean. Maybe. But a, I think it would have been more comedic. Right. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. I think it'd be an interesting interesting experiment. I, I'd like to know how far this goes, though, Paul. Are you saying that just like Ben Affleck in real life, Matt Damon is doing all the work and he's just sitting there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go that far to state that specifically, okay. but. He may be watching. That's, you know, it, well, I... yeah. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> Not gonna take that oh. out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> that's what that's you know. I'm sure that Matt Damon likes to kick back with the uh, <laughs> radio on his, on his TV. When you say stuff like that, I think back to the Kevin Garnett uh, quote when he won the championship of anything's possible, but he screamed it a lot more enthusiastically. <laughs> uh, one of the things you mentioned, Chris Tucker. One of the things I did here is that, uh, of course, they went to Jordan to get his input. And uh, the only thing, to my understanding, that he insisted on, he said, you know, you guys have done a great job. This is pretty much how it played out, is they wanted him to include Tucker's character. Forgive me, I can't think of his name. Howard White. 
Howard White. That's what he said. He said, the only thing I want is for you to have Howard White uh, included in the film. And he wanted Viola Davis to play his mom. Right. That yeah, was... he requested her, yeah. Which, you know, I'm a fan of Viola Davis. I think she will do and play whatever she wants to play whenever she wants and do phenomenal at it. So, I, I don't know. I didn't know Jordan's mom specifically, but she felt pretty bang on. How much power do you have when you say, yeah, I want casually. Viola Davis to play my mother? It feels like one of those things like, yeah, well, you're, you're, I don't know, just like you're spitballing with friends. You're like, oh, yeah, like this person for this person, except, you know, you're, you're Michael Jordan. So you can get Viola Davis. You can request yep. to Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. I'd like Viola Davis so that they can, you know, get Viola Davis as to play your mother yeah. <laughs> but like to flip it from an actor's perspective like if you get asked into this film to play this role and you know that you're specifically requested by michael jordan can you actually turn that down i mean yeah. sure your career will go on but i mean i Davis wouldn't could i think she's doing all right anybody could have yeah i think any actor or actress could, could right. turn it down but i don't think you would turn it down <laughs> I don't know. In 20 years, when we do one of these about LeBron, I don't think someone's going to turn the film the the film down either. Yeah. I wanted to ask you guys about something. I I, I saw an article earlier today. Um, I forgot to put it in our chat earlier, but I just thought it was really interesting. the The article was arguing that the new movie stars, the new film topics, aren't people but brands. And they cited this film, and they talked about Tetris specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and there was another one they listed as well. Mario mm -hmm. Brothers? Yeah, but Mario Brothers, though, is different because that was just Mario. That was a movie about Mario. These, aren't, these are movies about how brands came to be. Hmm. Like, Tetris is this movie about video games. That's, that's what it is. It's structurally not that different. Hmm. I guess you could go back to the like the Ford versus Ferrari, the Founder, movies like that, is what yes, kind of you're looking founder at. Founder is a good example. Yes. Yeah. Social Network, I guess. The Lego movies, technically. I don't know if that's the same thing. I, th I think I, it's well, all Lego all day. But it's not about like the history of how Lego was sure was made or came. But it's still it popular, still right? hammers the point home for branding. I think. Well, I think that's. But I mean. Disney, for example, any Disney film is hammering, hammering the brand down. But it's story about Walt. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the the one where Tom Hanks is playing Walt Disney, maybe right. the Mary Poppins film. Okay. Um, I I just found that an interesting concept because I I was watching this film, and I was engaged at it, but it never occurred to me that I was just watching a film about a brand, mm -hmm. like this wasn't the story of Michael Jordan or the grand things that he did. It was, how did this business do this thing? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that's new. I think it's, um, yeah, be, it'll be interesting to see if it, if it has legs beyond some of these iconic brands. Right. I mean, like, uh, cause a lot of times you do see there'll be a good idea of something and then it just gets like beaten down into the ground. So we'll see if there's like, you know, eventually get movies of like, I don't know, just some like, you know, just random brand, like the creation of that brand. Whereas yeah. like we, with, I guess with, 
with Jordan specifically, it's this like unique uh, marriage with like Nike, it, it elevated Nike. Because I mean, you know, for most of us uh, growing up, you know, Nike's like was I was already like this dominant brand. So seeing them in this place where they're, especially in, in NBA, like they're so associated with basketball now and where they're like, but at the time it was like what third place or something that is running shoe. Um, and then at the same time too, like the NBA, like it was just this perfect, perfect blend of like the, the, the most unique, you know, uh, like greatest ever basketball player coming in at say at the right time that the NBA is going live from uh, like tape delay games uh and then and then this and then also this marriage of personal branding too right so and then yeah so i guess i don't know if that's answering your question but I, like i think like this these like a story about something like jordan or say founder with mcdonald like, these are the most some of the most iconic brands and so the stories of their origins uh are of interest to people um but it'll be interesting to see if like you know this trend continues until it's watered down into into stories where it's like, all right, why are you talking about the story of the about the creation of you know New Balance Snapchat. or something? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it really depends. If they keep picking iconic brands to do these on, I think it'll be fine. It's like you said, once you get into the New Balances of the world, I'm I'm gonna start getting concerned. Like, while wow, you can do a McDonald's uh like history movie, I don't want to hear the history of Subway or you know bk or whatever i mean which with jordan in particular it's interesting that um you know like i mean now it's been what 30 no 25 years well 20 years since like i was wizards era right 25 years since like uh um the bulls run and so jordan the player you know a lot of for a younger generation you know they grew up like you know lebron or Steph or what have you but then because jordan brand is is so iconic it's still like an interesting, you know, it's still like an interesting story. So I'd be interested, like, it, I'm curious. I mean, this was sort of in our wheelhouse, you could argue, right? In a lot of ways, like um, interesting sports, you know, like that era, like all those, like, you know, knowing Jordan, all that stuff, not knowing Jordan personally, but he didn't ask me to be in the movie or anything, but uh, <laughs> he asked but, but, us. Did he have yeah, <laughs> yeah that, but uh, uh, must have got spam. Yeah, it must have been spam. But, um, uh, but then, but it's an interesting thought of like, I, I, I don't know the demographics of what the viewership's been uh, so far, or if they track that kind of thing. But if you're a younger person watching the movie, you're probably more familiar with like the Jordan, like Jordan's the brand, and like if you're a sneakerhead or whatever the case may be, um, then maybe like all of his you know exploits and like uh, like other than like okay, he was a great basketball player, but not the extent to which people are like oh like revere yeah. Jordan, right? it's crazy to me to see the landscape of the NBA and how something like this changes kind of how the shoe deals happen nowadays too. Right. Cause like it, it kind of floored me in the movie watching when they went back to the commercials and like Converse has magic Larry. Uh, and there was a third player, maybe Isaiah, I think was in there too. I'm not sure, but like to have a stranglehold on those three brands isn't, isn't relevant. Like it doesn't happen today. It doesn't like Steph's Under Armour, LeBron's I believe is Nike. Uh, I don't even know who Jokic has, and I'm not sure even who Luca has. But it, like, you know, it's I think just, Luka, is Luca might be Jordan. Not sure. It's possible. Yeah. It's easy to look up, but um, just like it's it's it floors me to see that one one brand would have such a stranglehold on the league's top stars at the time, and and this kind of elevated Jordan as such a pet. Not 
not the brand deal or the shoe. I think his play elevated him, but like to see the landscape change after the deal is is huge. I think is what's probably going to be known for more so than anything else. I mean, to this day, too, right? I mean, that's that's how he that's really how he got the money to then become an owner and everything is yeah. through like through these royalties, um, which they kind of touch on, but. Yeah, it, it, it's so interesting because like, you know, what you're talking about here, you're talking about the legacy of Jordan. Again, like you said, like he really did define, he does, he still arguably defines the NBA. Maybe not so much now because we're on the tail end of the LeBron era and all this stuff. Like, I, but like, um, like with like Jordan himself, I mean, man, what a ride that was during those years. Like, I remember three straight championships. He was never going to be beaten, right? And then there, you know, he, he, uh, there were some, some rumors about his gambling debts, and suddenly he's he's retiring and taking on baseball. Then he's back for three more for championships, and he, he's then he's a player owner, the first player owner of any sport. Yeah. Um, and we're telling a story about the shoe. To give you an idea, while I was curious, I just looked it up online real quick about current shoe deals because I wanted to see monetary value what we're looking at, right? Um, so currently, Jordan is still the highest earner from an NBA player from a shoe deal every year right now at $150 million a year for Jordan brand alone currently. The next one's LeBron James at 32 mil from Nike. Wow. Like, yeah. Think about that. He hasn't played in like 20 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Like, I like Jordan Brand's transcended, right? It's just like it's in in culture. Um, yeah, it's just like its own its own behemoth. Even though it's technically under Nike, but yeah, I'd argue it's the first basketball <laughs> brand to branch into other sports. Like, because it's got a whole golf line now. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm waiting for Jordan Brand baseball stuff to come out. To be quite honest, <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised it hasn't yet. I that uh, that does surprise me. Uh, they went to ba- golf instead of baseball first. Uh, golf's a, you can you can sell a two hundred dollars shoe easily to golfers. It's a little harder on baseball. So one one thing I liked um, in the movie was like speaking of of Jordan, uh, like Jordan himself, was like how they how they used or didn't use in a sense uh, like the actual actual Jordan like in terms of like having some because you're seeing all these like star uh and I because I, I haven't really looked into it going into it in terms of oh who's gonna play Jordan um and you and you're seeing all these like stars like just you know this massive star power in this movie you're kind of like oh like who's gonna be Jordan and then you know uh oh you said spoilers are loud <laughs> like, you so ahead. you know like they sort of tease him a bit and it kind of like it reminded me a bit of you know in uh in, with jaws and from my understanding is like with spielberg it was uh you know you don't really see the shark right until like the mm-hmm. until the very end and it was apparently like, it was just like a business like a financial decision because it's like really expensive it, you know and he's just getting started um but it had the impact though of of like it ended up being like a scarier just the the thought of it just the idea of it and in this case obviously it wasn't wasn't a scary thing but it's like they because like i mean we spent this this you know, last hour portion talking about just Jordan and Jordan brand or whatever. And it's, so it's so everybody knows the story and it's so iconic that they didn't even have to 
have like, oh, like here's this young actor who's playing Michael Jordan. And then you're taken away from you. are like, oh, is this person like Jordan? Instead, just the like, oh, just the look, the little look of the back of him. And just that shadow, you fill in the rest because you're like, oh, this is young Jordan. Oh, this is this is all before he's about to. And then so and then and then instead you're focused on these other characters. And meanwhile, this this sort of almost like, you know, immortal type of figure is there. Uh, and so I, I, I kind of I like to I, I mean, I must have been intentional. Right. But I like that they almost show Jordan more by showing him less in a sense. Right. Well, by taking it from another angle, right? Like the characters in the movie are, are looking at him as this upstart kid from college. He hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't proved himself. But the audience in the context is like, well, we know what he's done. We know what he's proven. We know his track record. We know what he's going to do, right? So I, I think it lends more to what you're saying with the narrative of you don't have to show him. You just have well, to even, show an image of him. Even coming into the NBA, though, he was, I mean, he was he was somewhat known. Because, I mean, he, he'd mm-hmm. won that championship uh, with North Carolina. Like he hit that game when he shot. And he was coming off. He'd won the '84 Olympic gold, um, so he he did have he did have some hype coming in. Um, of course, nobody you know thought it. That, I mean, even they alluded to it in the movie where, you know, Nike didn't think they'd have a shot at him because he's just like I mean, he was an Adidas guy, um, and then uh, and then just the cost as well, right? Um, but uh, yeah, it was like uh, I thought that was neat. And then like and then obviously then there's like the speech by so, so like you know the climax of the movie with the speech by um you know vaccaro's character to kind of pitch uh, that's so to me what i liked about that was like i mean you know you know you know you're watching a movie and you know it's like and then and then to the point earlier where it's like not only is it a movie it's a movie essentially about a brand right so which is already you know it's marketing and then so and then a movies you know movies can tend to embellish on on a, on a real story on a whatever the real story is so you kind of have this like layered embellishments right or, or but what i liked about it was like to me that was like the right dose of embellishment like like i know i know that wasn't the exact speech right i who knows if there was even like you know a speech given by Macaro, but it was like I don't know, is it like, you know, watching in the audience, I'm like, yeah, like this is, because again, watching the movie, you already know the outcome. So what do you do when you're watching this, you know, you're telling a story, but everybody already knows the outcome. Like, how do you still make it kind of captivating? And so it's leading to this climax scene because you're like, well, there's got to be something that then converts them over. And, uh, and yeah, it was like, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I just enjoyed that speech, even though it was, it was probably fake. It was just like, yeah. Take us on this journey, Matt Damon. You know? It was that snappy video. The snappy yeah. video they showed with the music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I love that you're you're bringing that up. First of all, the speech is great. It's so good that they talk about how great it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which is a weird moment. It's like, wow, yeah. that, was, that was really good. That was good. It was, it was, and I sat there, and I'm like, as an audience member, are you actually congratulating? But anyway, it was sort of, sort of weird. But I, I, I think you're onto something, though. This idea of them not showing him, I think, is interesting. The other thing is, other than Phil Knight, none of those characters are people that the general public would even know. Mm hmm. So it's easier to show them. But I think, Paul, I think you're right. Everybody knows Michael Jordan and they know his face and they know his image, but it also elevates him somehow. Like he's got mythic status in this film before he, as they say, put sets foot on an NBA court. Like he was known 
but not to the world, uh, to people. And he, again, he would he go like third in the draft. So it's not like mm-hmm. he was an upstart rookie that nobody knew about. But he wasn't he wasn't an icon. But now he is. So it's an interesting decision to hide his face. I, I, it made me wonder. I was like, to me, I was watching that. I'm like, this is how much do we elevate our talk about elevating our sports heroes? They've given him such iconic status that they're not even going to show you what he looks like. Mm-hmm. They don't need they don't need to bring in Kelvin Harrison Jr. or some other actor. Who's, you know, some other. You all we care about is the again brand. It's back to the brand. The yeah. Michael Jordan brand is bigger than the man almost. Mm-hmm. Well, we saw more game footage than anything else, right? We did. And that's that's ultimately where his brand was built and forged. Technically, you didn't you didn't need uh, IMDb tells me it's Damian Delano Young who played him. Sorry, yeah. Damian, I don't know who you are. Never heard of you, but that's okay. <laughs> I think it worked in this film, right? I liked the um, I like the scene where they kind of show like Vaccaro just sort of obsessively watching uh, the replay of the that championship winning shot. Uh, yeah until he sort of because like again like you you know they're trying to communicate to the audience okay like this guy this sort of maverick person but he he gets these like intuitions and then but the intuitions it's just in a way it's sort of hard to show other than like oh eureka or something and so by by showing them just like obsessively rewinding rewinding and then he has a scene where he sort of explains like okay i watched it like he was it was specifically for him he was calm like it's sort of it, it it communicates a bit to like okay like how like how did he i mean in reality it's like he you know this guy had an intuition and he spent all this time like watching and he sort of had just he had this feeling and he and he rode with that feeling but it gives you a bit of a sense of like okay like what is what is he actually picking up on like what is it actually noticing uh to then bet like bet so big bet everything bet the bet the whole basketball division <laughs> like on on this uh on this guy right well, there was no basketball division. <laughs> I mean, there was, but it was just, it was so, based on what the film says, it was just so casually used, you know, to have a 200, 250 million is like one NBA contract now. Um, 250,000. 250,000. Oh my word. Okay. So there you go. Um, that's nothing. That's nothing. Yeah. Blip on the radar. Even for them then, that was nothing. Um, what did, what does uh, Phil Knight say that they're known for running, not for like that's what they were they were running shoes. They own mm-hmm. like seventy percent of the running shoe market, but um, yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know, you know what I thought was interesting too. There's a scene where Viola Davis lists everything he did. At the end, my son is going to do this, and he's going to do this, and he's going to do this, and he's going to do this. And I thought, man, you know, I know that hindsight's twenty twenty, and I know probably his mother had huge confidence in him, but they still took a huge risk. Like they took a huge risk doing this because maybe he doesn't do that thing. Maybe, like they, I think they say, maybe he blows out his knee in the first first ten games on the court, right? Like. It's astounding what Jordan did, but it's really interesting to me that they, they they list everything because 
I don't know. It's like, did the brand make Jordan? Did Jordan make the brand? What was the relationship between the two? Because um, if he doesn't play that way, it means so much less. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting hypothetical, right? Let's say he... I mean, he, he did want to sign with, it was well known, like he, he did want to sign with, like he was an Adidas guy. And let's say they don't blow it or, you know, uh, Vaccaro doesn't, you know, convince everybody, like, oh, let's go all in and let's do the custom shoe. It's like his, he would have still been MJ, right? He was still exploded, most likely, I mean, he would have, you know, exploded out of the gates, all that kind of stuff. So it is kind of, it's an interesting point. I mean, it's a little bit like, you know, the like the Patriots say like Belichick or Brady, and it was always like, okay, like you're the greatest quarterback ever, but you also have the greatest coach ever. Who is, but then who is like, you know, like, did, like to your point, like, I, I, I kind of feel like, like, I feel like it's still Jordan, like this, the play, because the excellence on the court is ultimately what elevated. It was also like the style and the, and it was cool and like the dunks and everything like that. But like, I think I'm not discounting the fact that Nike doing the custom shoe and everything. From a business perspective, I think you know that ended up becoming a very a revolutionary thing, and we're maybe still seeing the impact now um, with NBA and NBA in particular, where it's like such a star-driven sport. Um, but you know, in terms of that question, I, I think the player, I think the I, I think the player would have succeeded no matter what. And then and then it's just so and then, but then what shaped out a look like from a business perspective, I think may, may have been different, right? Because he would, let's say he's with Adidas and okay, he got his red car, but he, uh, um, but you know he doesn't get a percent of the profits. Um, then you know his trajectory looks different financially as well, right? So, uh, but I think it comes back to that play because ultimately in sports, like it's like it's the excellence, it's the it's the championships, it's. It's all all those factors. I mean, because we we saw. I mean, hey, we're you know in Toronto, like we saw, we saw a guy like Vince Carter, like he had he had all the like the charisma and the high flying and, and athleticism and everything, but he didn't translate to the like the the excellence in terms of the the success. And then you know his his stars kind of faded in a sense, right? Versus, uh, say like you know Kobe, who did have the championships alongside everything else, and he was the closest, maybe closest thing that we got to, to MJ since MJ. Yeah. The evasive clutch gene was a little missing on VC at times, mm -hmm. but I, I, I'm uh, from my perspective, honestly, it's, it's like you said, Jordan would have been great regardless. You know, we, you know, people might be playing in shell toe Jordans nowadays if the Adidas deal went through, right. Um, as awkward as that sounds, but because <laughs> uh, it just, uh, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth just talking about it. But <laughs> Because it just doesn't it'd be so far from reality that it just seems strange and odd, you know? Um, I feel that it's a very symbiotic relationship in the sense that um, Jordan doesn't... They made the brand for him. So you can't really say the brand did anything for him in that regard. I think he would have been great and a great basketball player regardless. I think the relationship elevated him to a different status among the everyman or the, or the normal non-basketball player. Right. I think the deal with Nike helped expand the NBA and the Jordan brand more so than uh, Jordan's playing did. Jordan's playing was the driving factor, but I think the, the deal with Nike expanded it that much further. Well, what does uh, Sonny say? A, a shoe is just a shoe until someone steps in it, which I don't know whether is a very simple phrase or profound one. I'm not, I, I <laughs> It's a little bit of both. Sure. A little both. 
Yeah. It, it's an interesting statement. It's like, well, it's just a shoe, but the person makes the shoe, but the shoe makes, they want the shoe to make the, per- it is, it was an interesting relationship between the two. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, my favorite character by far in this movie was Peter Moore. Um, or the, the guy, guy that played Peter Moore, the shoe guy. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Absolutely yeah. awesome. Um, I was reading up on it a little bit more. Do you know, apparently a little bit uh, after the, the Jordan stuff went down in the late nineties, he left and went and joined Adidas. Hmm. The, Interesting. Really? Oh, the yeah. it. No way. Yeah, he was the, the Adidas. He ended up being Adidas' CEO for a little while. Huh. Yeah. I know um, Vaccaro ended up having like a, a falling out with like Phil Knight, and he, I think he ended up at Adidas too. If he I'm did. Because he, he was, was like, also at Reebok. Yeah, and I think he was pretty crucial in like he signing like Adidas signed Kobe out of high school, and like I'm pretty sure he was involved in that as well. So he, so he wasn't just a one trick. Uh, kind of had a a knack i suppose that'll be yeah his uh his the high school all-star game is what uh did it i think yeah well okay so that is actually a good point and one of the things i wanted to talk about as well there was another quote in the film that i thought was interesting and it's just that they say that you are remembered for the rules you break um this is we we see in a lot of films like this again brand films which is very interesting to me because the hero is the businessman but that's another story um i just wondered what you thought of it to be remembered do you have to break the rules is that what makes you memorable i think to stand out in a certain extent um and depending on the rules you break, obviously, if you're, uh, how do I put this? <laughs> if you're infamous, right, <laughs> for doing, um, let's say, not exactly legal things, you'll be famous for a very short time, right? I find if if you start translating and trend and and pushing the boundaries of what you do best, whether that's sports, whether that's, you know, in the world of business, whether that's whatever you do that's where you truly begin to be remembered. I think of the, the you know, the someone's going to hate me for this reference, but the Elon Musks, the um, Steve Jobs of the world, like I'm trying to stay away from sports on, for a particular reason, because they pushed the boundaries of what was acceptable in their realms and what they what their companies could achieve. And they'll be remembered for that, right? I don't think it's more of breaking rules. The rules, I think it was not necessarily the best term in that phrase. I think it would be more pushing boundaries and not limiting yourself is how I would phrase it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think it also depends what those rules are. <laughs> well, that's that's why I started with the infamous stuff, right? Because like, if you're breaking rules and and you know go on a mass killing spree, you don't necessarily want to be famous for that, right? But you're still breaking <laughs> breaking law. It. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I can't recall now, but um, in the movie, it was in relation to like the the fines, like the fines for the shoe, because uh, like. Um, yeah, because I, I I know like I think he was referencing the fact that you know the NBA at the time you, your shoe had to be a fifty percent at least fifty percent uh, white, and then the shoe you know the Jordans were going to be red with the black, and so and instead it was like a that was like an inf- like infamous like the the um, n- notoriety from getting fined every game was going to end up contributing to the brand because then like um, which which is funny because like in the end it's sort of like it's it created again added to this this 
this idea of like this unique figure and this like this rule breaker this like like to paul's point like this sort of um you know steve jobs or elon musk type, type of person who's transcending the the boundaries of what's normal and then and then the goals and then not the goal but like what ended up happening is you have this brand that becomes so massive and then and then everybody is trying to sort of like they're they're buying it because it's like unique and it's like broken the rules and he's like and he's like come, gone out of, outside of the box and then so then there's like a rush of everybody trying to in a sense look the same by all getting Jordans, right? So it's it's sort of funny, but it's like it's like a taste, a taste of the of you know the air up there, if you will, right? It's like by by buying it, you sort of have a taste of like, okay, I'm I'm also a rule breaker, even though most people don't fit into those categories, right? These these sort of transcendent type uh figures that are remembered. So I don't know, just I was just just thinking out loud here, like it's kind of ironic that or not ironic, I don't know if irony is the right word, but um yeah, like this one, these, you know, these people transcend and then everyone else tries to kind of ends up looking like the same as everybody else by getting, by getting the, uh, getting the same thing, right? Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. That is really interesting. It, and the more I think about this, the more I, I, I sort of land in the middle. Like, I, I don't know if it's as accurate as it thinks it is. But I think it's also true at the same time. Like I, uh, part of me, the, I, I'm not gonna lie. In some ways, the sentence bothers me because I think it just taps into this like idea that we have to uh, to conquer. You have to break the rules and stuff, which I which I get. I guess it depends on what the rules are. Like if we're if we're talking about a guy like like Sunny or their Nike, like you said, paying the fines, like. That's more breaking tradition, or is it? Like maybe it isn't. Maybe what are what are? That's why I say what are the rules, right? I mean, you could argue that that was the rule put forth by the NBA, right? That they were breaking. Whether or not that rule is a good rule is up for debate. I think it's dumb, but that's a different discussion for a different time, right? Because I'm not in, you know, Paul 1985 mindset. I don't even think I knew what basketball was at that time, so. <laughs> Go ahead. I think people, especially like you know Americans, um, you know, like they they love being rebels, right? I mean, in in, in that sense, like it's like maybe it's you know because um, American independence or something. But even now, where it's like um, you know, like obviously like the dominant superpower, but people still tap into that. They like to like even if you're the majority position, like people tend to, especially like Americans, like or North Americans maybe, but like to feel as though like they're like they're rule breakers, like they're rebels, right? I mean, um, I mean, even you saw like obviously with the new, like you know, with, with Star Wars, it's like okay, uh, you know, Rebel Alliance, like that tapped into like uh, like in you know this, and it's happening in the seventies, right? Where or seventies and eighties, where it's like the people watching are like, yeah, like the rebels, and then and then and it, it was so good that you know when they made the new movies, they're like, let's do it again because like people that's that's what people are interested in uh, in 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 seeing, right? That's what people like to feel a part of is that so even now I think um you know I think with uh like the, the way culture is now as well like it's like people like to f like you it read that story still resonates of like yeah like like I'm a I'm a rule breaker I'm a I'm a rebel I'm sticking to the man if you will even though like you know 
Jordan ends up becoming the man <laughs> in a sense, right? So, but it's still that, like that, that maybe that brand or that marketing, that feeling of like, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm making something more of myself than 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 uh, just the norm. Yeah, I, I think there's, and I that I love. Like I love that the mm. idea of of realizing what the box is and you know, whether or not, and, and, and again, like looking at the box and saying, this doesn't work. We have to try a new way. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, I, I love that type of story. I love that type of story. Um, just the concept of the, the way it's phrased though, it's such a funny thing to me because it just got me wondering, are there instances where it isn't? And again, I guess it just comes down to what those rules are. Like the NBA deciding like, 80% or 90% of the shoe had to be white. We'd look at that now and say, that's idiotic. Of course, we also live on the other side of that broken rule, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think this is one of the wonderful things about generations coming up and seeing like, Hey, this is what, what worked for you isn't reality anymore. It doesn't work. I love those stories. I, I really do. Was it uh Chevalier uh, is in theaters now, I think. And it's a story of it's a story of uh, a, a black man in the 1800s who learned who was on par with Mozart in his musical abilities, and but then the rules pushing him down and how he has to fight back against it. I thought it, again, based on a true story, love those stories. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe it's just the fact that the hero is a businessman that I think is so interesting. <laughs> and I come back to that. It's like, gotta, gotta crush somebody else in the, you know, with the brand, but maybe it isn't. I don't know. I keep, honestly, I, I know I'm not making sense right now, but I'm, I'm still trying to process this idea. I mean, even, even as a businessman, they, they painted him as an underdog anyways. They did. Right? When you, would they ignore the running side of things where they're absolutely killing it, making money hand mm -hmm. over fist. But Nike only has 17% of the basketball market. So, you know, feel pity for them because they don't have anything here. But they're still a multinational company that can, you know, manufacture shoes globally and, and get them into the hands of everybody else. You know, but feel bad for them. That's fair. You know, it's interesting <clears throat> to compare a film like this to The Founder. You mentioned The Founder mm -hmm. earlier. Yeah. Because there's a rule breaker, but he's yep. not likable. Like, you no. like him because he's Michael Keaton. Mm. But he's a jerk <laughs> yep. um and 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 a film like this but he does succeed like the i forget what his name is now uh i forget what his name is ray croc yeah ray ray Kroc. Kroc. there you go um and he does he succeeds but he he is far less likable well because mm -hmm. he does, does it through questionable business practices is that that different than them breaking the? And I'm not. I I, I love this. I think it is. I think people. I mean, ultimately, people like winners, right? I mean, I know that sounds obvious, but like, I mean, those these stories that we're talking about, like it's um, they're the ones that succeeded. I mean, just thinking of with 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 uh, this movie, and they, they sort of had the they had a scene with um, oh, it was Jason ba Jason Bateman, right? Uh, and he's sort of alluding to the fact that because, you know, Sonny he he really put it all on the line like and, and not just his job right it was like you know all these other people's jobs at at nike um gambling on on this on this uh this instinct that he had and then this and then uh 
I think it's yeah, Jason Bateman. They have this they have this scene where he sort of talks about how like you know he's he has his daughter and he sees her and he brings her Nike, you know, Nikes. <laughs> so I guess it's good marketing, but um uh and and, and you know he's kind of worried that like oh like if this doesn't work out, this gamble doesn't work out, um you know, and so I mean uh, like in that sense, like I mean the story we're only seeing this movie because it did work because it did work out right, um and so I don't know if like there's a the lesson is hey just like scamble but like <laughs> like but it's like uh ultimately it's like people like stories when they're like people like stories of of winners and like and and so these that's what it's showing but it was but not to sound cynical like because i kind of like that i, I sort of like that it was this tight little story you know specifically about this one like the whole story is just about this one particular deal it wasn't like oh and then how did they then market you know, Jordan after that, or how did it know? It was just like one very specific narrow story. And it was like, even though you knew the result, you know, it was sort of like, um, it was like a pleasant winning story of like, like you said, Paul, like they were not in the grand scheme, they weren't really underdogs, but like, you know, in the specific market, they, they, they were. Um, and then you come away from it. Yeah. You just come away from it feeling like, all right. Yeah. You know, what, are the, what were those, what were those, you know, Jordan one's cost that like, we were talking about before. <laughs> yeah. No, no. no, but you come, kind of come away from it feeling like, okay, yeah. Like, you know, like, um, and I don't know if the lesson, I don't know if there is a lesson is like, oh, gamble, gamble your whole department uh, on, 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 on a bet. Um, but just, yeah, just the, but that, that idea of like following, I don't know, maybe following through on like when like you, you have this strong uh, bet and figuring out a way to, to make it work. Right. Like, he he was very resourceful, you could say, in terms of figuring out how to get it across the finish line. I think the uh, the businessy term is calculated risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he, he seemed like an individual to me that took a lot of um, analysis in in his risky plays, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of background. Sunny, yeah, Sunny. Definitely not Phil Knight. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. Like Johan, you said people like winners, and and this movie might not have been made if it went went wrong. Well, it, probably likely because the cool factor here is Jordan, of course. Um, but a film that isn't out yet that I've seen is uh, uh, Blackberry. Which oh is right, okay. Coming out in a couple of weeks, and that is a fascinating film. Again, about a brand. <laughs> it's about yeah. a brand again. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. But, but a Canadian brand. Canadian brand. Global. It was global Canadian brand. Well, I mean, it was. From the rise and fall. It was yeah, right. the rise and the fall of it. And and again, it starts off, it starts off their rebels and rule breakers. And by the end, mm-hmm. they have, they've broken the wrong rules. And it's, it's really interesting to me to watch, to, to, to compare the two in my head. I'm comparing the two stories. And I love and and like you, Jahan, I love that this is focused on one deal. Like this is focused on a deal that everybody loves. Like everybody loves the Jordan brand. Everybody loves, uh, you know, pe- you know. Everybody knows Nike because of this deal. So there is there's a certain pop and fun just to this story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting. Go ahead. It was um, just thinking back to like. Uh... Uh, like yeah, Paul, you mentioned like at the, I mean at the time too. Like even though he like he, he was known somewhat, right? But obviously like he, he wasn't 
you know, um, he wasn't uh, the one we we know him as now. And so, like, the I like the North Carolina scenes, too, just, like, mm. when he, I mean, aside from the fact that it sort of showed, like, Sonny, okay, he's, he's willing to cross the agent. The, by the way, like, uh, the, like the agent, um, uh, David Falk, right? I can't remember who the actor was who played yep. him, but... Um, uh another excellent character just like a like all, all like i mean again I, I it's there was a there was a ton of star power so I, maybe i shouldn't be surprised but like a lot of the scenes popped because like whoever you know whatever screen time they had you know they, they sort of made use of it but I, I enjoyed that character but anyway him going to north carolina and just showing again like that sort of hum you don't really think of like jordan i don't know you don't really think of him in his like his 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 at one point he humble was, beginnings he, yeah, and yeah. like at one point he's like he's he's this guy, he's this kid from you know North Carolina, and he's just you know lives in this home, and like uh, you know, but it's it's he's nobody knows he's going to become this you know billionaire athlete, uh, and sort of transcendent sports figure, right? And then and brand and business figure as well, right? So, um, yeah, it was I enjoyed seeing that like those scenes as well. I Carolina. mean, if you listen yeah. to his mom, his mom did. I was gonna say his mom. Viola Davis knew. Yeah. And Sonny, I mean, it was, it was good. It was a good pitch, but like, yeah, yeah. I like that line or, or he's like, you and I are the only, something like you and I are the only ones on the planet or something like that who know like that your son is going to be, you know, as great as he's going to become uh, kind of thing. And it was, I'm sure that's what, you know, a mother wants to hear. She played it, she played it cool, but like, it was good. It was good. Good selling. <laughs> so David Falk was uh Christmas Right, Christmas uh, he, Cena, yeah, yeah. He was also in Argo, actually, oddly enough. Yeah, he was great. Messina's done a lot. He's in a lot. Yeah, he is. So was, the intensity was good. I was thinking with the Affleck reference with Argo. Probably Matt Damon is in Argo somewhere. He's just sort of walking around in the back. He's he's one of the food vendors in the background. He's, he's doing catering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Steve, you sort of alluded to... Uh, you know, it's like a, like a, I mean, ultimately it's like a business story in a sense. Right. Um, so did you find yourself kind of, as you were watching it and maybe you took Paul as well, like kind of aware of like, like, of like, okay, ultimately this is just like a story about like, you know, these people, um, you know, like this, this business or were you, or did, did they do a good enough job of, you weren't really thinking of like, okay, ultimately this is about like selling, you know, shoes, um, and did it be, did it feel like something something more as a story, or did it, you know what I mean? Like, or was it, were you, would you find yourself kind of keep drawing back to like, okay, the hero is a businessman or something? It's not that it bothered me. Is I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say that it necessarily bothered me, but it, it's like I watched it and I was I was into it. Like mm-hmm. I knew what it was, I, and I and that's part of it. Like part of it yeah. is, is honestly, it was it's a nostalgic film. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know the brand. I can't say I've worn the brand, but I, I wear the name. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, with Tetris, it was the same sort of experience. I was into it because I was interested in the story because I already know, like you said, I know the ending. Mm-hmm. But I was intrigued about how I get there. I, I just, it, I'm telling you, it was this article that made me realize it's so fascinating to me now how many films we're getting right now that are reinforcing the story of brands that we all know Mm -hmm. and it's not the story of uh it's not using them that's why i think it's different than the lego movie the lego movie was interesting because somehow it was a commercial for lego and like 
undercutting it at the same time. It was a really interesting mix. Um, the Mario Mario movie is a straight up commercial for Mario. Fine, I'm fine with all of this. Like I'm a Disney fan, so obviously I'm used to and fine with this. <laughs> I, I just find it. I found it so interesting. It like it didn't take me out of it. I found myself. I'm rooting for Sunny. I'm rooting for. Uh, for Nike to sign them, even though I know they inevitably do, right? Like mm. I was, I was on, I was on the journey. I was, I was into it and having a blast. Um, but there's just something so it, it's so funny because you hold. You, I know they're totally different films, so bear with me. But this hold this up to like the Big Short, where you know normally when you see a film and business is involved, the the villain is the businessman. Mm-hmm. And, and we're getting films now where the innovators are taking down the business industry and making it making themselves more money because they're the innovators. I just find that fascinating. It didn't, mm. it, like I said, it didn't bother me. I didn't come out of there feeling icky. Um, it just, it just was such a unique experience to me that this is what we've been getting a lot in the last few years. Yeah. Maybe that I mean, goes- I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for the Walmart movie. <laughs> Oh man, Fair. they Sam. cannot come out looking good in that. <laughs> oh, Sammy. Uh, but maybe that goes back to again, like the idea that even though this is focused on a, on a win, but they allude, you know, they allude to the potential consequences of the failure because um, some of these businesses that we sort of take for for granted, they've just been in our lives, um, and they're just sort of legacy corporations. But you know, they they were all started at some point. And it was a gamble, and there was no 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 guarantee of it succeeding. And so then, um, whatever, you know, like obviously there's a lot of good that comes from business and industry, and and you know employees, and you know like it's it's not like I know it's like oh corporations are bad kind of thing, but <laughs> right now is the current climate. But like, but you know, but 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 in terms of like actual like the positive uh, economic impact and and then life impact of having of 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 the various businesses they don't they don't materialize out of nothing i guess right it is like these in a way like some of these brands um they start off with you know these kind of innovators and so it'll be interesting to see if uh you know maybe i don't know maybe there's like some there'll be some young upstart who'll find it inspiring or something to kind of take that risk you know what i mean instead of just sort of like well there's no point in me me bothering or something i don't know <laughs> I heard Phil Knight use uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Was it uh, our friend that that uh, or my friend that Paul and I saw the film with came out of it, and he said Phil Knight had to influence that fi- that finale. And we're, mm-hmm. I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "They made him look like an idiot, and the only detail they gave about him is how much he gave to charity." So, <laughs> which. You know what, to your point, though, again, John, just going back to that, it's funny. And again, I, I don't want to make a bigger deal about this. Maybe it, maybe it's not a big deal at all. They make Nike seem like, you know, like they're third place in, in the shoe industry. But they were making hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Like they were a ma- massive corporation. And they make them seem like nothing because you focused in on the nothing part of the corporation. Mm-hmm. But Nike was already 
you know, they were a multi-billion dollar corporation on their own again before that. I think they alluded to they had gone public or something. Yes. Um, and then, yes, and Phil Knight had, you know, responsible for the shareholders and all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah in, in 84, they went from making 40.7 million to 2.5 billion with a B in the year before. Jeez. All those poor underdogs. Yep. <laughs> I, I just think it's a fascinating way to tell your story. That's what that's that's it. I like um because could this story be told from another person's perspective in the same area? I don't know. Maybe not. Not that it needs to be. I told it beautifully, told the film beautifully. I loved it. It's a blast. Do you think, you know, go back to where you kind of you started at in terms of uh, talking about like Damon versus Affleck and just how, you know, Damon is sort of, you know, more regarded as the better actor in a way, right? And, and I think we were saying like you, uh, I can't remember if it was you or Paul, but like, we um, didn't necessarily care too much for Affleck's performances in general, but like, it's interesting that Affleck is, you know, now he's a pretty well-regarded director. I mean, not just now, I mean, he won the Oscar, or he, I think he won the director Oscar, but, but um, no, he didn't. He didn't Argo, but, Argo won, but, but yeah, he his, won, his film won, right? So, I mean, it's not like he's like, it's it's the first time he's uh, he's produced a good he's he's directed a good movie. But do you think there's something in that, like in terms of like why he like he's not maybe at the level of an actor as Damon? But then do you think there's something about that that uh, that allows him to maybe you know translate over into the director? Like this whatever he's maybe not fully in that like uh, prevents him from fully giving himself into a role like the way Damon does where like 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 Paul was noticing that for for him like you you, you mentioned you were noticing oh this is Ben Affleck mm-hmm. uh it, does does that whatever it is allow him to maybe take himself out and and craft these these stories so well uh, I Paul do you want to answer that like I have no idea, to be honest. I haven't contemplated this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I, I it's just, not something that's come up for me, to be honest. I don't know. Paul doesn't lie awake at night thinking of Ben Affleck's career. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since he married J Lo, I just don't care. Um, wow. I just so like. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm just making another side comment. Continue with your thought. I just think that he's taking different roles. I, I, which is ironic because I say him trying to, I felt like he was forcing, or maybe Hollywood was forcing him, but trying to make him cooler than he is. And the irony is he was Batman, Mm -hmm. but he was a good Batman. And I don't, and and I felt like now, again, he's, he's had all sorts of personal problems from what we've heard and, and all these things going on behind the scenes, even during, even during the, the Batman years. But like, even as Batman, he seemed more relaxed than he did when he was younger. Like, I'm not saying everything he does is brilliant now or anything, but I think I think he, there's something behind this. Like, he certainly got a good eye behind the camera. Um, you know, some of the he, I, I think the films he's directed have been far better than the ones he's just been in, uh, just personally. And I, that may or may not be related. It's just how I feel about those films. Um, I, I just feel like he he looks more present on screen. He's just like even this role. I know he's playing Phil Knight as kind of a goof, um, but he doesn't look 
he didn't look like he was trying to do too much. And I think young Ben Affleck looked like that a lot. Uh, and it wasn't working for him. It'd be interesting to me to see like a Matt Damon directed film that he's in, mm -hmm. like, you know, reverse them because I know they're buddies and of the two of them, Damon has had the more stable lifestyle or seems to have had the more stable lifestyle and career. Um, but I really think it's when he stepped behind the camera that he just got more comfortable in front of it. it it's really interesting to see that change. And maybe it is the success too, right? Like the success from stepping behind the camera and being able to to um, produce these, like especially after like his sort of downturn, that mm. then now that's why he's in like a a better place, right? And then you know, we sort of touched on how like America or like or not just America, but like people love success, and then we also love success in fall. And then the other thing is successful redemption, right? <laughs> like yeah. the other classic arc that uh, uh, people like. And so in that sense, it's that's kind of neat seeing him, seeing him thrive now and making these movies. I mean, taking a step further, he is getting older. There's a level of maturity that comes with that at time, right? And that could just change his perspective on things. More comfortable in his own skin because he's been moving behind the camera and in front of the camera for longer now. I don't know. Something to be said. I don't think there's that's something... Uh, not to consider or to overlook i guess this is it's probably a good place for us to wrap this up guys this has been fun but we should screen it or skip it air screen it or skip it stream it yeah that's fair yeah i What's, wouldn't go i what wouldn't are the options well uh, stream it or skip it but there's also stream it as if you don't want to same yeah, the theater. There's, there's that too. I wouldn't go to the theaters for this again. Good yeah, movie, great film. Uh, it's not worth your theater money. See it at home on Netflix or Amazon or whatever it's going to stream on. Probably Amazon because it was an Amazon movie. Uh, <laughs> but stream it. It's a good movie. It's not worth going to theater for. You don't need those seats or the that experience for this movie to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, I think. Um... It's uh, there's worse movies that you should see in theaters because, like to false point, they're theater movies. There's there are movies that are, you know, not as tight stories, worse editing, you know, more shameless. That yep. it's still worth seeing in theaters just because, yeah, because of the theater experience. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's like a uh, a good movie that I, I agree. Stream it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I think we need to see it in IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see giant Ben Affleck on the IMAX. With, yeah, with Let's the D-Box. You know, know, like, I know you're getting a little older. You don't need the bigger screen just to see movies like this. <laughs> I need D-Box seats for those business meetings. That's what I need. I need to feel right. like I'm there. Yeah. Um, no, it's yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you guys. It's the stream it. I think it, it is coming on Amazon, I think, in May. And it's it's great. Like, it's a really good film. It's well-written, well-executed. But, I mean, yeah. You don't have to go see it in theaters. It's fine. It's it's a talkie. You're not going to get much action out of it. The big screen isn't going to do anything better. I'm sorry. What? It's a talkie? Yeah, you haven't heard of that? It's Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a movie focused more on dialogue than action scenes. Yes. No, I understood what you meant. I just thought it was okay. cool to use that phrase. <laughs> It's... <laughs> and all these goody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was 
Good guys. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, um, that was fun. No problem. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, that was great. Anytime. Anytime. Felt like, you know, just, felt like I was just talking to a couple of friends, yeah? <laughs> not, not me. This is all four. <laughs> I'm so it's glad. Funny how that worked. Work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's funny. laughs> uh, uh, for you at home, a reminder, you can find us wherever podcasts are available. Uh, and, of course, you can find us on YouTube, which uh, you can like and subscribe. Smash that subscribe button. Um, <laughs> I always feel stupid when I say that. But I, uh, you can uh, find us on YouTube. And on both streams, you will find uh, great conversations like this, as well as uh, fantastic interviews with industry professionals of current and past in, uh, projects and films. Um, you can also go to the, uh, the website, screenfish.net, look at the podcast page. You can download Fishing for More. Some small group questions help you get the conversation started where you are. Um, I think and I hope that we are back next week. I, this is episode 196, and uh, we are getting there, getting close to 200. So I think we are back next week to talk about Renfield. Um, but again, guys. Still need to see that. It is, it is something. Um, and, but again, thank you guys. And for you at home, we started the conversation. This was. Okay.